everyone, and welcome back to the Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast brought to you by ITL Coaching and Performance. My name is George Darden. I'm an endurance athlete and coach here in Atlanta, Georgia. On this podcast, we discuss issues of interest to the national, local, and international endurance communities. Tonight, we have an interview with Stacy Perlis. Stacy works for Wahoo Fitness, and she's going to talk to us a little bit about some of the products, specifically the Kicker, uh, which is such a popular product among cyclists and triathletes right now. Um, and then she's also going to talk to us about some of their newer products, um, about the history of the company, and a little bit about the indoor cycling movement and the movement towards data-driven training. Uh, she has a lot of interesting things to share, and so I look forward to hit and play on that for you here in just a couple minutes. Um, I do want to mention a couple of quick things first. First of all, I want to remind you about the program next week. Uh, You'll recall that last week I did the first of a two-part series on fatigue. Last time I talked about the fatigue that actually happens to you during a race, during an event. Next week I'm going to be talking a little bit more about the systemic fatigue that can take place over the course of a season. Uh, What can happen to your body and how it can cause overtraining or breakdown uh, if you refuse to ever recover. Um, So be sure to tune in for part two next week. Um, Second, I wanted to uh, ask all of you uh, to continue to send me ideas for the podcast. I've had several people who have written me different questions um, and different ideas about different stuff to do. Um, Just this week, I had two different suggestions for things to do, um, and I'm planning to do at least one of them, if not both of them, in future podcasts. Uh, One of them was nutrition, as a matter of fact, and there's so many big ideas out there about nutrition right now that I want to spend a little bit more time preparing before actually... Uh, committing to a podcast on it. Uh, the second one actually had to do with uh, with standing and sitting, and so I look forward to talking a little bit more about that in future episodes. But this week, Stacy Perlis, next week, Fatigue. The week after that, actually, is going to be an interview with Brent Pease, Kyle Pease, and Paul Link, but we'll talk more about that later on. Uh, for now, enjoy the interview with Stacy Perlis from Wahoo Fitness. We have with us today Stacy Perlis, who works for Wahoo Fitness. Stacy is from South Georgia. She's from Tiff County, Tifton, Georgia. She went to Emory. She's an Emory Eagle, uh, and she's a product manager and a finance manager now at Wahoo Fitness. Uh, she's also an athlete. She's done Ironman Chattanooga. She's done several half Ironmans, and this weekend she's getting ready to do the New Orleans half marathon. So, thanks for being with us, Stacy. Yeah, George. Thanks for inviting me. Of course, of course. So. Uh, starting right off, can you tell us a little bit about Wahoo Fitness, how old the company is, the size of the company, all that sort of thing? Absolutely. So Wahoo was founded here in Atlanta um, in December of 2010, and the story of how Wahoo got started is pretty awesome. Um, a guy named Chip Hawkins, who's based here in Atlanta, he, he lives here right by Chastain Park near where the office is, got this new toy called the iPhone, and he was a super serious cyclist, and you know, he had his iPhone, and he had his his bike sensors, he had all his Garmin gear, and he was like, man, these cool things called cycling apps and Strava is invented, but how do I get my data into the iPhone? And so Wahoo was really born on the desire of connected data. And what he did is he actually invented what we call our, our ants radio. It's like a, we call it the key, and it plugs into the bottom of an iPhone, and it lets you receive all your data from your ant plus sensors. And mm-hmm. We actually ended up being the first iPhone accessory sold in Apple stores. And to this day, we are actually in every Apple store in the world because of that product and that early adoption of technology well before Bluetooth was around. And so we, uh, we're all about connected fitness. And from that small little plug-in key device, we've grown into the fitness technology company that we are today. 
we um, are growing rapidly. At the end of 2014, there was uh, about, um, I'd say, 25 employees and then maybe another 10 or so contractors, so, you know, 35 people. Today, we're over 75 people, so mm-hmm. we're growing and expanding very, very quickly and are one of the fastest-growing companies in the state. Great. Fantastic. Um, so yeah. it, 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 it all grew out from that from that key, and you say it was the first Apple or the first fitness accessory that was sold actually in the Apple store itself. It was, and that first technology gave us a lot of insight and foresight into things that were coming down the road, and so that connection we had with Apple kind of gave us a heads up on this thing called Bluetooth that no one had even heard of yet, right. and we actually were the inventor of the very first Bluetooth-based heart rate monitor. It's called a Blue HR. It's not on the market anymore because we've evolved from that, but that device continued the connected workout experience, and the fact that you can now wear a heart rate monitor and get that data on your phone versus needing a special watch that only was a one-to-one connection. Right. So, so, so using the the Wahoo, and that you say you said you moved on from the from the HR. But now use the the ticker. Is that right? That's exactly right. So, so using the ticker, you don't actually have to have a watch. You can you can use your phone to to, to read it via Bluetooth. Exactly. And well, our ticker line. So as we've now developed AMP radios and now Bluetooth radios. All of our products that are in the market today are both Bluetooth and Ant Plus, and this is where Wahoo really shines from a connectivity standpoint. Um, most brands have one radio in them or the other to send and receive data. Polar, for example, is 100% Bluetooth. Garmin is 100% Ant Plus. Wahoo, we have both radios in all of our products. So if you're wearing a ticker heart rate monitor, you can actually have that connected to your Garmin via Ant Plus and your phone and have it on Strava via Bluetooth and it's recording the same data at the same time in both places. So we call that dual technology and all of our products that are on the market today are dual technology and that's what lends us to say that we're the most connected fitness devices on the market. Very cool, very cool. Um, The... The Wahoo Kicker, I want to say, is probably one of your most visible products. I have a Wahoo Kicker. Uh, a lot of people I know, it's a, you can probably describe it better than I can. It's a power-based indoor cycling tool. But um, what are, can, you, can you talk a little bit about the Kicker and, and how that grew out of, of um, the environment that you're talking about, how, how you all came to that next? Absolutely. So, um, again, back to Chip, he is a, is a serious athlete, and he has this kind of vision and this dream for – you know, he'd been doing comfy trainer classes, and he was like, man, all these wires and a set course, and then I really don't have any other data. And so he came up with the idea of the kicker, and what the kicker is, is it is a power-based smart trainer. Mm-hmm. So you can use it in multiple different ways. You can ride in what's called erg mode, which means that a certain wattage is set to the kicker, and it's going to make you hold at that wattage. Mm-hmm. So, like, for on like trainer road, for example, if you see that you're at 100 watts, it's going to make you push 100 watts. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also set it on a level mode in which you can rise like you would a, a fluid trainer, right? You're going to ride up a resistance curve. Mm-hmm. Or you can actually ride it in simulation mode, and this is using our app where you can set a hill gradient and positive or negative or wind resistance up or down. So, you know, if you're training for a big ride, maybe you're going over to France to do a cycling ride, and you know you're going to climb Alpe d'Huez, you can actually punch in that, that gradient, 
and, and practice writing on what that would feel like. Mm-hmm. And so that was how the kicker was born, but what really, really has helped it explode are all of the additional training platforms that are out there. Right. And the fact that it is such a real road feel product. Mm-hmm. Our product, unlike some of the other smart trainers on the market, has an exceptionally heavy flywheel. It's a 25-pound flywheel alone. Mm-hmm. And because of that, it makes it feel like you're riding on the road. And a lot of times, right, the a trainer workout is hard, but it doesn't feel like you're on the road. And that feel is really, really important for training. And so when you can buy the automatic courses or train or um, training sessions that you can do with the real road feel, all of a sudden you have an extremely powerful and efficient way to train and to ride that's fun and dynamic and honestly painful in the best possible way <laughs> right exactly yeah the the one of the things that ultimately convinced me to buy a kicker when i was looking at different options was uh that several people i know had said uh, i didn't like indoor training until i got a kicker um and and i always actually liked indoor training just fine um, i didn't have a problem with it but but people who liked riding outdoors said exactly what you just said that it feels like you're riding outside that you can ride all day um Exactly, and the cool thing is now with programs like Swift, even if you're not doing structured interval workouts, mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're watching a virtual reality of yourself climb a hill, and your kicker is automatically making you climb that hill, and you have to shift gears. You've got to get out of this battle, and you have to do the things you would be doing on the road. So right. It doesn't matter what time of day or the weather is outside. You can get in a 50-mile ride on the trainer and, and not uh, feel miserable um, at least mentally, maybe your legs do, but not, <laughs> not your brain. Right on. Um, well, you actually touched on like several things that, that uh, questions that I had and questions that people sent in and stuff like that. I'll give you an easy one since you just referred to it. Uh, you mentioned the 25-pound flywheel. Uh, three different people asked me to ask you why it is that the kicker is so heavy. Um, can you Absolutely. can you explain that a little bit more? Yeah, a couple of different reasons. So the first is just the sheer quality of the product, right? This is a product designed for the athlete to, to be put through the ringer. You know, if you've got a product that, that weighs 10 pounds in, and it's made of plastic and all of a sudden you put a 150-pound guy who's going to put out 500 to 1,000 watts of power on it, the device has to be able to stand up to that. This is a product that's written by the pros. A lot of people don't know this, but we are the official trainer of Team Sky and have been for the last two seasons. They also wear the ticker heart rate monitors. And Team, team, team Sky, Team Sky, which has won three of the past four Tour de France titles. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. This is the product that professional riders are riding and because they can't overpower it. And part of the fact that they can't overpower it is the fact that it's still high, high-quality material mm-hmm. and that are durable and can stand up to that. And half of the weight, like I said, is the flywheel. And what the flywheel does is it's actually turning and creating inertia, which is what gives it that real road feel. Mm-hmm. A lot of the other smart trainers on the market don't have flywheels. They use, you know, just algorithms to simulate the resistance, which is great um, in, in certain instances. But when you're looking for the most realistic road feel, it can't be done by an algorithm. There has to be physics involved, and that's where the flywheel comes in. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if it's good enough for Chris Room and, and the heaviness is is a plus, then um, 
take it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that. It's just, I think a lot of people, when they when they go to move it, they, they, they suddenly realize that, that it's a little heavier than they expect it to be. But but I agree with what you're saying. Um, and certainly it can be moved. It's still portable. I mean, after all, Team Sky moves it from place to place during the tour, right? Exactly, exactly. You know, it's funny. I'll take trips sometimes. I'll go, I'll go home and then and it'll be in the middle of winter and I'll I'll fold up the kicker and put it on the floorboard of my car and it's like that's yeah, a little painful to move for a moment, <laughs> but the, the physical floor space of it is effective. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, you know, get some good strength training kind of mixed in with your with your cycling training too. You know. So, exactly. Yeah, cyclists tend to tend to not do weight training with their arms, even though it's important. So there you go. Just pick yeah. a, pick your kicker up. Yeah. Exactly. Very good. Um, speak. Let's kind of I guess stick with kickers for a minute. Um, uh, some people have since we we're kind of kind of talking about that. Some people have said that that there's like a variance between kickers, and then some people have noticed that that if they have like a pedal-based or a crank-based power meter on their bikes, there might be a difference between the reading that's on on their their pedals or their crank-based uh, power meter and, and what the kicker is telling them they're doing. Um, and then one other person I've talked about, or talked to before has said that, that when he rides one kicker, he says that 200 watts on one kicker is harder than 200 watts on a different kicker. So there's actually variance between kickers. Can, can, you, can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. So there's a couple different questions. Um, one is, is kicker versus kicker, and the other would be kicker versus right. power. So on the kicker versus kicker, um, a couple of things could be different there. The first is what program the person is running in that, um, mm. for example, like I said, erg mode, you know, if someone got on there and they said, all right, I'm in erg mode, it's going to hold you to 200 watts, meaning if you are spinning at a really, really fast cadence, it's going to feel a lot easier mm-hmm. because you're, you're putting out 200 watts. Mm-hmm. In another instance, if you're just riding in free mode and it's calculating your wattage, maybe if you're just standing up and having to create um, that 200 watts, maybe it feels a little bit different. Um, the second thing is we have a, a calibration procedure called a spin down. Yeah. It is a device. It's got um, a hardware as well as electromagnets in it. And you talked about moving the kickers. We actually recommend anytime you move the kicker to do um, a spin down from our app, which is what calibrates the power meter. Mm-hmm. Because the um, resistance is controlled by electromagnets that are inside the flywheel. Mm-hmm. And so when the kicker is moved, especially if it's moved a lot, maybe it's been in the car, maybe it's got kicked or pushed over, those electromagnets need to be reset. And mm-hmm. so a variance between kickers is most of the time driven by either the program that's running, if you, like I said, if you're in different modes and maybe it feels a little bit differently, mm-hmm. or the, the calibration could be off. And the spin-down procedure is super quick. It's in the Wahoo Fitness app. Right. And what it has you do is... is uh, spin up to a speed of about 22 miles an hour and then just stop and it spins itself down and in about that 60 seconds it'll it'll give you a little check mark and it'll say you know it's been reset you're good to go yeah i uh, i do i actually do just because i'm such a such so um, ocd about my my power numbers i actually do a spin down before i start every workout even though i've never even moved my kicker once so um and and even more, I actually will end up usually stopping after my warm up and before I really start a workout and doing another one just to make sure. Um, the people who have told me that that uh, that they sometimes see a variance between power meters 
um, between their crank-based power meters and their, their Wahoo have told me that if they do that spin-down, they do that recalibration after a few minutes, that a lot of times that, that variance will disappear um, and that, that yeah. their, their, their power meters will all start reading the same thing. Exactly right. And we, we do say that there's potentially a variance in power meters depending on the market. Because mm-hmm. it could also be that power meters also have to be recalibrated. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's, a, it's the exact same technology. We have power meters inside the kickers. Um, and so there can be a variance between brands, but we found that they're almost spot on if both of them are calibrated correctly. Okay. Yeah, and that's it, actually an interesting point to think about, well, it might be the other power meter. It's not quite right. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> It's, there's a lot, a lot of moving parts. I guess you'd say have to come together in order for for two power meters to read exactly the same. Exactly, yeah. exactly true. Yeah, very good. Well, I mean, given this, so so given that that it's it's pretty advanced technology, um, and and given the fact that there's all these moving parts and that sort of thing, um, it seems like um, there would be. Uh, y'all would have to provide a whole lot more support for your customers, um, a lot more tech support and that sort of thing. Can you talk about how you do that as a company and what sort of challenges you face there? Sure. So we, we first off have an unbelievably amazing customer support team based literally in the office, you know, sitting a thousand feet away from me here in Atlanta that you can text or like chat on our website, you can call in um, five days a week from 10 to 7. And they'll walk you through anything you need to do. We also, we have a great group of sales reps that take it very seriously upon themselves to teach the sales reps in the bike shop about the kicker and how to kind of help troubleshoot. But even though it's super, super um, high-tech stuff, we've tried to make it as intuitive as possible. And what you'll realize is after you kind of get a feel for whatever program it is that you're using to run the kicker, whether it's our app, whether it's Swift, whether it's Trainer Road, you'll actually find that it's very easy and very intuitive. You just have to connect the devices. What a lot of people, I think, miss is the fact that depending on the program, you may need an Ant Plus radio mm-hmm. um, to, like, for example, Swift requires an Ant Plus stick. But what people might not realize is that any Ant Plus stick will work. I use my Garmin watch one in my computer. And that's it, that's and what I use too, yeah. Exactly. It's not a brand dependent. It's nothing but a radio. And so after people start to understand what that is, it, people tend to actually be able to, to figure it out pretty quickly for themselves. It just becomes a, a process of pairing the devices and learning to save your sensors the way it is because all that a kicker really is it's like a sensor it's, it's like pairing a power meter to something mm-hmm. it's just it's a lot bigger and it's a lot heavier mm-hmm. And there's, if you're using a computer, and I don't know if this, I haven't actually used it with my phone or with, with an iPad or anything, but I always use mine with my computer. With, with my computer, I've found, and I, I read this actually on the, the, the Kicker website or maybe on the Trainer Road website before I did it. Sometimes if you use an, an ant stick, there are programs that as soon as you plug in the ant stick, it will recognize the ant stick and they'll sort of like bogart the stick, if you will. It'll, it'll, yeah. it'll like say that this is my USB stick and you have to turn those programs off, right? A lot of times Garmin Connect will pop up, mm-hmm. and it'll try and, and hold you to that. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a kind of side trick you can do for that is I leave my ant stick plugged plug in all the time, and mm-hmm. then I close out those programs, and they don't really bother me again. Gotcha. Um, it only pops in when you plug them, like plug them in for the first time. Very good. Very good. And then, so 
do, do you all have like call in tech support or email tech support or, or, or how do th- those folks yeah. that you mentioned that are that are close to you? How, how do they actually operate? Yeah, so we've got a whole customer service team that you can get on our website and live chat them. You can email them or there's a phone number and you can call and they're there live people here in Atlanta to pick up the phone and answer and we'll walk you through anything you need and any questions. So all three of those are, are options. Very good, very good. Um, let's. Uh, I, I I definitely want to talk to you more about some of the other products that y'all have because I know it's not just the kicker and I, and and folks who don't have one or maybe don't really want one or uh or might be feeling a little bit left out. But but I I, I do want to just kind of one last thing talking about the kicker here um, has to do with with indoor riding right now. Um, I think you you you've already mentioned Trainer Road and you've already mentioned Zwift. Um, and those are those are two fairly new platforms. Um, that enable you to, to ride your bike inside um, and have a community. And Zwift even has sort of virtual group rides and all that sort of thing. Um, um, and so it seems like there's a lot, of, a lot more resources for people who want to ride their bikes inside right now, for whatever reason, uh, than there were five or six years ago. Um, yeah. Can, can you talk a little bit about that, that movement around moving cycling inside and how like how y'all fit into that? Did you drive that movement? Are you following that movement? You know, how, how do y'all fit with that? I think it's a little bit of both. I think that we were one of the forerunners and it helped drive that movement because, like I said, Wahoo prides itself on being the most connected fitness device ever. Part of our core value offering is that we are an entirely open platform. And when I say open platform, I mean that any app developer, any program developer has access to our code for our hardware products so they can write code explicitly for these products. And no other trainer back when the kicker was created had this ability, right? We were, the fact that a program could be developed by a guy sitting in California to control the resistance of a trainer has never even been thought of before. Mm-hmm. And I think that the fact that we are an open platform has helped drive that development. And this, that coupled with the fact that technology has just come so, so far in the last five years that the, that combination and that merging has led to where we are today. And beyond that, the, the growth of endurance sports and kind of that elite amateur athlete is also growing. Mm-hmm. So when you start to combine all of these factors, it's kind of an explosive effect. First there was the demand and then there was supply and then there's more demand because people see the results that people are getting by being able to have a, an efficient and directed workout. You know, an example that I give a lot of times to people is that when I want to do a two-hour ride before I have my kicker, I had to, you know, get in my car, drive for an hour, go do my two-hour ride. I'm only going to be able to work so hard because I've got to watch for potholes, dogs, cars, you know. There's a lot of extra factors out there. And then I get back in my car and I drive home. So at the end of the day, it took me four hours to maybe get a 70% effective workout. Right. Right now, I can get on my kicker and push it 110%. And it only it takes me only the time of that workout, and I can 100% focus on my workout. Right. And so it's an extremely efficient way to train, mm-hmm. and then it's fun. You know, you have these social environments like Zwift, 
or Trainer Road where you have like the ICL Power Up Series where you have other people doing the same exact workout that you can talk to about it, that you can compare against each other. And you have all of your data and all of your metrics right there mm-hmm. that also help improve performance. You know, you can say, man, I had a really hard time today. Man, my heart rate hit this and my cadence was this. I wonder what I did that, that led to that point in the workout. Or right. I had to pause it right here to recover. You know, if you're on the road and you're tired, you never really stop. You just kind of you take it easier. And when you're on a kicker or you're in riding indoors, you never really stop to take it easy. Right. So... I think to, ask, to answer your ultimate question of did we help drive that, absolutely. But then I think the development and the success of those platforms has also helped propel us. Mm-hmm. We, I um, think so too. we consider them partners in business. We work with them and have calls with them every single week about their development, about our development. And it's a, um, it's a very symbiotic relationship that we have with all of our app partners, not just Trainer Road and Zwift, but a plethora of them across all of the um, – across the running platforms, the gym platforms, the, uh, and the cycling platforms. Mm-hmm. Very good. Yeah, I, th- I think it's kind of, I mean, you, you described it sort of as a perfect storm of all these various factors coming together, and you all happen to be in the middle of it, which is great. Um, yeah, you also mentioned the, the ITL Power Up series, which is just coming to an end right now. It's a, a series that I designed, uh, and that we ran through Trainer Road. But like you said, it could be a social thing because you could do it on, you did yours on Tuesdays and Thursdays, right? It was two workouts a week. And then, and then there was other people who did them on Mondays and Wednesdays. I had somebody else who did them on Tuesdays and Saturdays. Um, and, and y'all were all doing kind of the same workout, but you weren't actually meeting in a central place in order to do it. So you do the same workout via Trainer Road. You could see everybody's data on the screen and then go on the Facebook group, for example, and say, man, George wrote a fantastic workout. And don't we love that guy? Um, which is not something anybody ever wrote, by the way. Um, but <laughs> mostly it was the opposite. George is a, is a, is a masochist, um, but or sadist. Um, but anyway, um, uh, but yeah, I thought that was kind of, I, 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 I thought that's, that's kind of interesting. Um, the way that, that indoor training and that move towards indoor training that, that Wahoo is very much a part of has, has enabled us to do that, which that's not something we could have done five years ago. Um, the, the technology didn't exist for that. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Lionel Sanders rides only inside as well, um, and he's known for his extremely strong cycling. Um, and so, so and Andy Potts is a brilliant cyclist as well. So clearly, clearly, being inside is not hurting either one of those guys too much uh, in the wins column. Um, absolutely. So, so let's. Uh, I, I was going to ask you about the other movement in di- inside endurance sport. So I'll ask you that in a minute. So, so let's 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 get off the kicker a little bit. I know we've talking so much about it, and it's sure. and it's it's an interesting product, but. But it's not the only one you'll have. Um, and so, no, what are what are some of the uh, what are some of the other things that y'all make? Yeah, so we make a, a full line of bike products to go along with the kicker or any bike ride out there. We have cycling sensors mm-hmm. that are all Bluetooth and Ant Plus, meaning you could be riding with you know whatever bike computer that you have or um, Strava on your phone. We make um, a what's called the Blue SC. It's a 
you know, a standard speed and cadence sensor that you would attach on the frame of your bike. It's magnet-based driven. But we also have some newer speed and cadence sensors that are accelerometer-based driven, and they're they're really tiny. They're only about the size of a coin cell battery, the coin cell battery that powers them. Mm-hmm. And you would attach the cadence one to either your shoe or your crank arm. Yeah, that's what and I have. Speed sen- and the speed sensor attaches to either the hubs of your bike. So it calculates your speed and cadence based on that accelerometer data, and they're very small and very light and, and kind of unobtrusive. So you can get accurate speed and cadence data on uh, on any display that you want. And both of those devices also work. You know, all of those devices work with all the platforms that we've been talking about because they're Bluetooth and AMP+. Right. Very cool. Um yeah, yeah, I have, yeah, um, I have, uh, I have the, the 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 cadence sensor that you're describing. Um, yeah, that's what I have with the with the accelerometer in it. It's the one that came with with the kicker. And uh, uh, you know, Arthur C. Clarke, the guy who wrote 2001 and 2010, The Space Odyssey, he once said something yeah. to the effect of of any any new technology is is analogous to magic. Um, and that's how I felt when I put that that cadence sensor on the crank arm of my bike because literally you just stick it on and that's it uh, and you start pedaling and it knows what my cadence is and it knows my cadence accurately um, uh, I didn't have to have some sort of other thing sticking out on the side of the bike picking up the magnet every time it passed by or something like that like I, like I had when I first started riding my bike 10 years ago exactly right and you know everything about what we're doing is trying to make technology and cycling and data easier and easier to access. You know, the hardest part of your ride shouldn't be figuring out the technology behind it. Right. And what I love about that little cadence sensor is I actually uh, wear it on my shoe. Right. So sometimes I'll go into spin classes and I'll use it and it captures that exact same data. So it's so easy. Very cool. Very cool. What else you got? So we've got an awesome line of chest strap, chest um, heart rate monitors. You know, there's a ton of stuff in the market today about optical risk-based heart rate, um, which some brands do it better than others. Um, it, but we still believe for the athlete, the most accurate heart rate is at the core. You know, uh, the fact that the, the device is right there on your skin. And I, this is my personal opinion, but I'm a fan of ours. I think that they're the most comfortable heart rate straps that are out there. I would literally wear mine for 15-hour Ironman training days and didn't have chafing once for the entire nine months to the point where I had friends that were complaining about theirs. And I was like, oh, I'll bring you one from work. They're like, oh, my God, that's so much better. But, um, um, again, these devices are both Bluetooth and AMP Plus, so they work with everything. I'll have mine plugged into um, multiple units at the same time, especially when I'm riding with a couple of different brands worth of stuff to compare data. Mm-hmm. And um, one of our products, the Ticker X, is actually, in my mind, like the triathlete's perfect training partner. It is so cool. It not only captures your heart rate, but captures um, motion. And mm-hmm. so it actually can capture cadence mm-hmm. from your chest. Um, what? It's extremely <laughs> accurate. Yeah, it's got an accelerometer. It has an accelerometer inside the heart rate strap. So when I'm on my bike, I actually don't bother with my cadence sensor that I normally have on one cycling shoes, I capture my cadence from my heart rate monitor. And it's extremely <laughs> accurate, and it's, and it's so accurate that it can detect your hips moving up and down, and that's what it counts as the cadence. And it also actually has um, memory built in. You can wear it in the in the pool and, ca- and um, 
track your heart rate while you're swimming. You can't see that on your watch, but you um, can it downloads your heart rate data to your phone after you're done swimming. And so you can see your actual calorie burn while swimming. It's a really, really cool device. It does other things as well. It's one of those, and there's more types of products, such as counting reps. Um, you can use our seven-minute workout app or our RunFit um, app, which has workouts in it, and it'll actually count how many sit-ups you do, how many jumping jacks you do, and you can follow these predetermined workouts that we have, and it'll save your workout data and how many reps you did. That's so that, that, that's with the with the ticker X will do that? It'll count your reps? Yes. Wow. That's that same accelerometer that's in there. And so as a great you know cross-training partner, you can uh, – download the free seven-minute workout app, and then all of a sudden you've got seven minutes worth of, um, that are scientifically put together body weight exercises and do it with your ticker X, and it'll record how many uh, reps you do as well as your calorie burn because it's still recording heart rate the whole time. So it's, it's one of those devices that I think it's one of our coolest devices yeah. that the fewest people know about. Um, we've not quite cracked the code on how to how to teach the public about this awesome technology, but in my mind, it's the triathlete you know perfect training tool because you can get all of your um, your data from one little one little device. Yeah, no, that's that's so. That, that inspired me to actually look up the quote as you were talking from Arthur C. Clarke. He said, any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. Yeah, the idea that you can be wearing a heart rate monitor that's going to get your running cadence and can count your reps of jumping jacks and sit-ups, that's just kind of awesome. Um, and, then, and then to be clear, you said that, that Wahoo has apps that you can get in the app store and stuff that... that um, that will give you a workout and then like a CrossFit style seven minute as many reps yeah. as possible type workout and and yeah. it will it will count on your ticker X how many reps you're doing so you can just do it for seven minutes and then look at your data immediately afterwards and then it has your heart rate as, as well on there right absolutely and it actually <laughs> it's, it's a live view on your phone as you're running through this workout you literally hit start on your phone and it walks you through the seven-minute workout, um, if you Google the Wahoo seven-minute workout, like in the app store, it's a free app, and it's a scientifically put together 12 exercises that you do, each exercise for 30 seconds, with um, 10 seconds rest in between, and you try and do as many um, as many reps as you can in that 30 seconds, so at the end of the seven minutes, you've done a full-body workout. Mm. And in a perfect world, right, as you get fit, maybe you run through it one time, then you run it through it two times, and then three times. Mm-hmm. We, uh, it's a really, really cool experience to do with a ticker X one and to watch it count up your apps. There's even one where you're, you're doing planks, and it only, if you move, it doesn't count that second. Yeah. And it, like, shakes and, like, beats at you. It's like, quit moving. <laughs> um, so it, it, it can detect even the smallest of movement. And we also have um, an app called RunFit which is really cool, and it's entirely focused on, on um, the, it has a seven-minute workout in it as well, a couple of different ones, one that's based on abs, one that's based on, I think, legs, another one that's based on arms, and heart rate. It has actual heart rate tests in there. You know, how many times have we been given a heart rate test by our coach mm-hmm. and been told to go do this, go do that, and this actually has heart rate tests that are free for you to do and set your workout zones in this app, and it will guide you. That 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 that's cool really too. Yeah, app. that that's cool too because because I mean nobody who knows anything about how the heart works 
uh, thinks that 220 minus your age works. I mean, that's just uh, that's that just doesn't work. Um, and so, so y'all y'all's app actually enables you to do a workout, and then based upon the the data it's getting from the workout, it calculates what your heart rate zones are. Exactly. It's that's a, cool. It's a prescribed workout that you have to do on the phone, and it walks you through that that process. You know, and we I think we have an eight minute test and a twenty minute test. You know, one that's a little more accurate than another kind of deal. Mm-hmm. And um, and it will set your and based on your results, it will set your heart rate set. That's cool. And so then you know what your zones are, and they will be in the app for as you continue to do workouts. Um, it's a really cool app, and highly recommend anyone to use it and give us feedback. It's a new app; it only went on the App Store less than a year ago, so we're still uh, still playing with it. But it's been a fun one. Yeah, I, I downloaded that app, and I haven't used it yet, just because I've been injured. But I, I'm I'm looking forward to it like even more now. I'm wondering if I should get a ticker X before I do it, so I can count my reps. Then just. Yeah, like I said, just magic. Um, so that in mind, so something I just thought of as you were mentioning that you mentioned that the the workouts were, were scientifically based. Who actually writes your workouts? So those workouts we actually got from a uh, it was a study. I'm blanking right now in the university. We have all of the science on it on our website, um, and it's one of the workouts that was designed by a sports institute. You know, when I say designed workout, it's very simple. It's you do them in this order. You do jumping jacks, followed by this, followed by that. And besides that, we um, have followed that for the, the body weight stuff. And then for the heart rate test, we worked with Roy Vincent, oh, yeah, who, is a, yeah, who is a leader in the, the running space. He was my high school running coach. Was he really? Yeah, he, was, he was one of them, yeah. yeah. He, he, he coached me in my senior year of high school, yeah. And then I was a counselor at his camps. Yeah, he is the one who helps design the the workouts in the Run Fit app. Very good. Yeah, he was um, he was a real. This was nineteen early nineteen nineties, um, and he was very much ahead of the curve as far as heart rate training goes. Um, in the early nineteen nineties, I was a high school senior, and he had me running with a polar heart rate monitor, um, which which at the time there was no watch. It was it was there was there was something you wore on your wrist, and the only thing it told you was what your heart rate was. Um, and of course, you had the strap that went around your chest. Um, but but he gave me workouts based on that, and then he's continued to 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 study and and, and refine a lot of his work since then. So very good, very yep. good. Yeah, and, and folks folk certainly in the Atlanta area and throughout the southeast know him as the as the leader of the Smoky Mountains Running Camp in in Asheville, North Carolina, and other places. Um, so yeah, very good. In a couple of weeks, we're going to be talking to Josh Glass, who's a who's a chiropractor here in Atlanta. Um, and Josh and I were both counselors together at Roy Benson's running camps back in the day. <laughs> um, it comes full circle. Yeah, exactly. Small world, right? Atlanta sporting community. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, so very good. Um, can you give us like a, any hints about any new products that haven't hit the market yet that you're working on? Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I was like, there's there's one more product for sure I want to talk about, um, and that's a, a product that we announced back in September. There's two products. One that we announced back in September at Interbike that will be hitting the market in uh, the very immediate future in the next few weeks called the Element GPS Bike Computer. And this is our first move into the GPS Bike Computer Mm. arena. And this is a device that is near and dear to my heart. I am the product manager of this. And it's been (laughs) a a roller coaster of a ride. It's so much fun to help develop and build what the feature set is within this computer. And, um, to be perfectly honest, it was designed by cyclists for cyclists with the mentality of 
We wanted to design the most easy to use and the most connected by computer on the market, period. You know, to this point, there are very few GPS by computers in the market, and the, the market is, is honestly dominated by Garmin. They've been the leader in this space for ages and ages and ages, and um, we wanted to take our stab at it. So we've completely redesigned the way you interact with your bike computer from the setup to how you view your data on the screen. It's a, it's a really neat thing. You open the, the, you turn on the element and you pair it to your phone. Mm-hmm. And you do all of your setup in a free companion app. So no more fumbling through menus, no more, you know, trying to mm-hmm. flip through pages and figure this out versus that. You use the intuitive interface of your smartphone to set it up. And then, you know, you put your phone away and you go for a ride. It comes preloaded with every map in the world except for Russia and China. <laughs> and and plus, so you can have all of your sensors that you already have right there. And then it's got some really neat features, like the fact that it connects through Wi-Fi, and you can sync Strava and ride with GPS, and it will automatically download your favorite routes for you to follow. You, mm. It has LED indicators that you can set based on speed or heart rate that light up based on if you're going above or below your average speed or it tells you what heart rate zone you're in. Mm-hmm. And it, the feature list could go on and on. I could do another hour podcast on this device, <laughs> but it, um, we're hoping that it really kind of shatters the way people think about how they experience and use their GPS bike computers and gives people an option, an, an easier and more powerful option. So, so to, to be clear then, I mean, the setup is different because you said you set it up using the app on your phone, which I think is interesting because I think most of us have probably clipped through all the little small setups on our watches and all that sort of thing before. But 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 what makes it different besides the setup? Yeah, tons of things. The first is that we invented this thing that we're calling the perfect zoom feature, which is neat. On your workout page, you can pick from a list of literally hundreds of different statistics that you want. And you put them in a priority order of 1 to 10. You do all of this on your phone, so it's super easy. You literally just click them and move them around. And then when you're on your element on the bike computer, it has what we're calling a zoom button on the side. So you can zoom in or out of data fields without any reprogramming required. On, on the computer the itself? On the computer itself, exactly. Mm-hmm. So it takes the font from, you know, if you're only showing two data fields, if I'm in a race and all I want to see is my... Uh, my time and my distance, I can have that. And then I can hit one click, and now I see three data fields. I see speed, distance, time. And then I click four data fields, and I see speed, distance, time, heart rate. And I can see up to ten data fields on my computer at any one time. But it makes it bigger or smaller as I'm clicking through. The other thing, like I mentioned, were the LEDs. And it's a, it's a visual indicator of your performance. You can either set them on speed or heart rate today, and we'll, we're adding in power um, that's in phase two. So you could set it based on power so that, you know, if you're grinding in the middle of a race, you know, you're going 22 miles an hour and you are just pushing so hard and you need to read your heart rate, for example, to, to look down at a screen and figure out where your heart rate is and what that number is and process it. It's a lot of time. It's a lot of thought. Where what if you can look down and now you see that your the LED lights are orange and there's four of them lit all the way up. Oh man, I'm in zone five. I need to back it down. Mm-hmm. And then it as your heart rate comes down, it changes to green and it's only now halfway lit up the screen. So you're okay. I'm in zone three. I'm where I need to be for this race. So 
your brain can very quickly conceptualize that data. The last thing that makes it, in my mind, well, there are a lot of things, but the main other difference is the connectivity, as well as the wireless factor. It's the kind of cool thing to say, you only ever plug this thing in to charge it. it and when you're done with the workout, it automatically uploads the workout to the companion app. Mm-hmm. and can automatically shoot that off to wherever you want it to be. So you can send it to Strava, the training piece, the map my ride, wherever mm-hmm. it is that you like to keep your data. Mm-hmm. Um, it also will automatically download your routes from Strava, from Ride with GPS. You'll never have to plug it in to try and get what that route was. Uh, mm-hmm. And another thing is kicker control. Um, so let's say you ride a route outside. You, you just rode the car yourself. Now you want to go ride Cartersville on your kicker. I can control the kicker with my element and ride the route that I rode outside. Yeah. It will automatically change the resistance. And you can do that, you know, from any route that stays on your element. And so the list of features for this device could go on and on and on and on. Um, but it's, it's going to be a game changer for us. I'm excited to see where this product goes. Um, it's gotten a lot of great reviews from DC Rainmaker, from Hard Bike Action, from Slow Twitch. It was on Slow Twitch uh, last week, I believe. So there's there's some samples out there in the market, and people are riding with it. And we're excited to launch this pro- this product in the really immediate future. Very cool. Tell me this: Do you have to have ridden the route outside before you can then ride it on your kicker, or can you get like an outside route and then put it through the element onto your kicker? Like, like, can I ride out the ways? <laughs> yes. It, mm-hmm. Long story short, yes. You, you have to do a little bit of a file formatting mm-hmm. if you've not ridden it outside, but yes. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a hack for that. Very cool. Very cool. Very interesting. Yeah, I mean, clearly, Wahoo, y'all are a big part of this this movement inside of endurance sport around gathering data um you know we talked to will kramer from Westride, the manager at the Westride running specialist store a couple weeks ago and he was talking about how shoes now um there's one of the big things inside of shoes is, is helping people gather data on the way that their foot strike works and all that sort of thing so clearly wahoo's a big part of that as well um and i guess that's kind of a good place to to, to wrap it up a, a last final question that that data movement if you will um the, the desire that athletes have right now to gather more and more metrics about their performance. Um, can you talk a little bit about how that informs uh, the work that y'all do and the products that you develop and everything? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're lucky in that we are a company of, uh, honestly, of, of data junkie athletes. Mm-hmm. That's how this company was born, right? If you go back to the question one, tell us a little bit about the company. This, this company was born on the desire to have data, mm-hmm. to have data all in one place and to have access to that. And as technology has grown and we've become smarter and we understand more about these metrics, it's important to have more of them. And it's a movement that I think is we've not even touched the tip of the sphere yet. There are companies coming out, right, like BSX Sports with oxygen muscle you know, muscle oxygen readers that mm-hmm. you wear in a sleeve on your calf. Right. And there are biometrics that are coming out with the oxygen levels in your blood or the electrolytes from your sweat. There are, there are so many things beyond speed, cadence, heart rate, power. And that's just for the endurance athlete. You know, all the way down to the, the person who does the couch to 5K, you know, you've got things now like Fitbits where they're tracking sleep and steps 
and that, that desire to get people up and moving. And I just think that as, as fitness in general has started to boom and the health craze, you know, there's more to just weight than fitness. And, and all of these metrics kind of come together for that. So it doesn't matter where you're looking at it from, from which angle, but it's just the age in which we live in. And as technology grows, we want to report, we want stats, we want to measure it. Yeah. And I think that Wahoo is on the cutting edge of that. I think that we try to make metrics as easy to get for, for the athlete. And that is our goal, so that you are connected to your workout. It doesn't matter if you're on the road, if you're in a pool, if you're at the gym, that we want you to be able to get your data and to use it so that you can become a smarter, more informed athlete. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's the core of our business is the connected workout. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm excited to see what comes next in this technology world because uh, I, I do think that it is going to go beyond speed, cadence, you know, heart rate. Yes, very good, very good. Well, Stacy, we appreciate your being with us. This was fun and very interesting as well, and uh, we'll look forward to, to seeing everything that, that Wahoo has for us in the future. Yeah, I'm excited, George. Thanks for uh, for inviting me, and uh, if there are any follow-up questions, please feel free to forward them to me. I'd be glad to answer them. Definitely. I'm glad you said that. Uh, and then let's uh, let's go ahead and mention, too, Wahoo, the, the you mentioned the apps that are available in the app store, and then the website, it's wahoofitness.com. Is that right? That's correct. Our website is wahoofitness.com, and the apps that are in the app store, we have the, the just the normal Wahoo app, and then the Wahoo Run Fit app, and the Wahoo 7-Minute Workout are the ones that are, they're all on Android and iPhone, mm-hmm. and also highly uh, just heading to our YouTube channel and check out some cool videos of this new product that we just released. Oh, cool. So on YouTube as well. Very good. We can see videos of the, the, the ticker and the ele- the ticker X and the element and all those different things you were talking about. All of those things. Watch them live. All right. Very good. Very good. Thanks again, Stacy. We'll talk more soon. Of course. Thanks, George. <laughs> And there you have it, our interview with Stacy Perlis from Wahoo Fitness. Don't forget to visit them at wahoofitness.com. While you're visiting them, click on over to mostpleasantexhaustion.blogspot.com. Check out the show notes for this show and all the others. You can also follow Most Pleasant Exhaustion Podcast at on Twitter at Pleasant Podcast and on Facebook at facebook.com slash pleasant podcast. Uh, don't forget that we're now on iTunes. Please give us a review on there. Uh, click a few stars for us and subscribe. Um, also visit ITL Coaching on Twitter at ITL Coaching, on Facebook at facebook.com slash ITL Coaching and Performance, and on the internet at itlcoaching.com. And of course, our other sponsor, uh, Magical Enchanted Vacations with Casey Darden as a travel planner. You can find her on Facebook at facebook.com slash Casey Travel Planner MEV, or you can drop her a line at Casey at UGA.edu. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next week.